speak with you about the fiery generation the fiery generation the book of Acts chapter 28 the book of Acts chapter 28 let's let's start from there and then the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 7 so sir read Hebrews 1 7 first and then we'll make our way to Acts 28 Hebrews 1 7 first. Hebrews 1 7. Hebrews 1 7. Hebrews 1 7. Yeah. And of the angels he saith. Of the angels he says. Who maketh his angels spirits. He maketh his angels spirits. And he ministers a flame of fire. And his ministers a flame of fire. So he makes his angels spirits, he makes his ministers a flame of fire. The word ministers also means servants. It means um, all of us, it is not a few people, but everybody who names the name of the Christ, anybody who submits to Jesus and serves him, it says he makes his angels spirits, but his ministers or servants, he makes them flames of fire, which means that it is impossible to be a servant of the Lord without being a flame of fire. Now, Hebrews, the same Hebrews tells us that God is a consuming fire. And if God is a consuming fire, then it's not surprising at all that you and I are also supposed to be flames of fire. We will not be the whole fire itself because he alone is the consuming fire, the fire that consumes. But our, to our benefit, we are flames of fire. I pray for you that the reality of this word becomes your portion Amen. in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Somebody shout Amen. Amen. Yeah. The Bible will say in the book of Acts chapter 28 concerning Apostle Paul and some others who were arrested and they were supposed to go and uh, face the full rigors of the law. Now on their way, they, as they were on the ship, the, 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 they started having a storm come at them and they were shipwrecked and uh, they began to swim. Some found their way and the Bible says, Paul and Co came to a place, an island called the Island of Malta. They got there and realized that it's called the Island of Malta. The people were good to them because they helped them to, to cool down. They, they helped them to heat themselves up. They put fire, you know, um, on, 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 in their midst of them to help them because the weather was very cold at the time. And the Bible says, Paul and Co themselves went about and carried firewood and brought it into the fire. Now, as Paul was putting the firewood into the fire, a viper jumped out of nowhere and put itself around, coiled itself around the hand of Paul. Suddenly, the people looked at him and said, this guy, he must be a criminal. This guy, there must be something wrong with him. Because you were just on your way to be, be imprisoned and then it's like the death was looking for you. So a storm hit you and you were supposed to die. But you survived it one way or the other and after surviving it, you have come here and out of all the people that have gathered here, it is you that a snake found to come and coil itself to. Now the question I want to ask you is, uh, where did the snake come from? All that while, the snake was there. But it was only exposed when fire was introduced into the system. 
it is possible to be living with vipers in our homes, vipers in our families, vipers in our offices. But until we walk in the reality of being flames of fires, these people cannot be exposed. Are you with me now? You need to understand that this Christian work is not as simple as you think. It is not as... Um, What's the word? It's not as mundane as you think. It's not a trivial affair at all. It is not one that you can take lightly or take for granted. In the spirit, it is either you carry fire or you don't. It is either you carry fire with you. It's either you are a representative of the kingdom that has fire, a flame of fire, or you don't. It is in the realm of the physical that you can get away with a lot of things. You know, you can get away with, uh, your beauty can make a way for you. Your eloquence can make a way for you. Your, your certification can give you some honor in the realm of the, of the physical. But in the realm of the spirit, it, it is only those who carry fire. So the other day, the Bible said, the demons began to speak. And they said, Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. But who are you? He said, who are you? Jesus, we know. In other words, we have a record of a man called Jesus with us. We have a record of a man with fire called Paul with us. But you, in spite of the fact that you are pretending to be anointed, we have no record of you. So who are you? What is your identity? And so God knew that it is impossible to thrive and do well in this kingdom without being a flame of fire. So the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that although Jesus had left and had commanded them to go and preach his word to the ends of the world, he didn't release them immediately. He told them to go and wait in the upper room till they were imbued with power from on high. And the Bible said they stayed there and stayed there and stayed there. They waited for as long as it would take and suddenly upon each of their heads came fire, tongues of fire. And when they saw tongues of fire had appeared. They knew they had become flames of fire. So they stepped out. People like Peter, who used to be scared of little girls, querying him, suddenly stepped into the marketplace and began to preach a sermon. And the Bible said 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. It didn't matter that he didn't have theological education like the Pharisees of his time. It didn't matter that he hadn't really, really gone to school and, and be taught the legalistic ways of his time. It didn't matter that all his experience that he had was that number one, he was a fisherman, but number two, a more important and he had been with Jesus. What mattered? That he had waited and after waiting fire had come upon his head. So when he spoke, fire and power accompanied what he was speaking. The Lord seeks to raise a generation in this house that is a generation of fire. Fire generation that we will not permit vipers in our families, will not permit vipers in our offices. When they see us coming, they will know these are the anointed of the Lord. Lift up your right hand and shout yes. Yes. If you make a mistake and move out without first having fire, you'll be in trouble. So they had to hide. They were with Jesus, but they hid. They knew they had been instructed, but they hid. They hid till they received the fire of the Lord, then they went out. If you move out thinking eloquence alone can help you do it, you'll be disgraced in the marketplace of the spirit. Are you with me now? Look at somebody say, be a fiery generation. Say, say be part of this fiery generation. Now you see, those days where men will not take the things of God seriously and men will just be happy with the fact that they are going about looking for money to come and pay school fees and money to pay rent and money to raise their family and they have left all the things of the spirit to their wives to be the intercessors, to be the ones standing in the gap. Those days are over. The Lord is looking for men who understand the role of priesthood in their families so that they will rise up and say, not only would I bring money, but I'll bring a spirit 
spiritual covering over my children, over my wife, over everything that concerns us in this family. Can I hear an amen at all in this place? You see, when men take their places and their roles as heads, the head is not that when you come, we salute you. The head is not that when you speak, nobody else speaks. The head is that God has made you a priest in your family. When you understand your role and the power that comes with it, and you walk in that fire, listen to me and listen to me well, what happens is that there is, there is, there is respect that comes naturally from your family to you. That is why now in our generation, women respect pastors more than they respect their husbands because their husbands are failing to do the roles God has given to them. And so when a woman sees in a husband the anointing, the fire, and the priesthood that he must see at home, they begin to gravitate towards respecting that person. But in this temple this morning, I see the Lord raising men who will not only make money, but men who will walk in the fullness of fire. Shout fire in this place. Fire! A fiery generation. A fiery generation. He said he makes his ministers flames of fire. Flames of fire. Oh, God is a consuming fire because you see, fire has three purposes. Three purposes. Number one, fire consumes. Fire consumes. Fire consumes. When fire meets anything, that is not like it. Fire has the ability to consume. When it meets chaff, it can consume. So God is a consuming fire because God has the ability to consume chaff on your inside. Can I preach this one too? You see, many of us are trying hard, trying hard to let go of certain lifestyles and let go of certain things. We are using psychology. We are using our will. We are using reading of books and, and motivational speeches. But until the fire of the Lord is introduced on your inside to burn the chaff and to consume that which is not of God, you will try everything and speak all the English and you remain the same. Number two, fire refines. It refines and purifies. It refines. Gold is always passed through fire to refine it. In other words, anything precious can be refined by fire. When the fire of the Lord comes and, and sees something, a gold in you, it has the ability to bring refinement of that gifting, refinement of that grace, refinement of that which has been put in you, refinement of the seed that you carry already. Number three, fire can expand. If fire meets oxygen, it burns more. If it meets the right fuel, if fire meets fire, it becomes more fire. So if the, you are the flame of fire and God comes or collides with you, imagine what happens on your inside. Many of us are looking for altars to go and do things on without realizing that we are walking altars of the kingdom. Walking altars. If you have that understanding, see, when you go to work and somebody threatens you, you understand the person has threatened an altar. He has threatened he that, the Bible says, we, we, he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. In other words, we are carriers of God himself. If he has threatened you, he has threatened the container of God. That which holds God. Imagine in the ancient Israel, somebody coming to threaten the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark, somebody made a mistake and touched and died. You are coming to threaten it. And we are more than that Ark. Because that Ark, no, 
It was made by the hands of man. We are made by God and we carry God on our inside. Who is it that can threaten you? Somebody say fire. Somebody say fire. Now, now, how do you know that you are on fire for God? How can you tell? Can, can we go there? Can we discuss that one? How do you know you are on fire for God? Beloved, if you don't, if you are not on fire, you do things in life based on emotions. How you feel. We can know the level of your wisdom by the decisions you take. And so if the fullness of the decisions you are taking are simply based on emotions, it tells me where you are. Listen to me well. We don't even marry because of emotions. We don't start a business because of emotions. We don't start ministry because of emotions. No. I feel like if you make a mistake and make key decisions in life based on how you feel, the reason you'll be disappointed is that feelings are are fickle. They change. Tomorrow morning, your feeling can change. So when it changes, what happens? I feel like. How many of you recognize that the place is warm? You feel warm in this place. After service, you enter your car, put on your air condition. Immediately, you transition from feeling warm to feeling cold. Every decision you made on the basis of the warmth would have been a foolish decision the moment you enter the cold. So you don't make decisions because I feel like. The day the feeling changes, you realize how foolish the decision was. Everybody will look at you and think you are not alright. Now imagine, I remember one day when I went to, okay, imagine that you have gone to a cold place, a very cold country, and you are moving from that country to Ghana. So when you are living there, you, know, you, are, you, are, you are well clad in all the protective wear, sweaters upon sweaters. You have even put a covering on your head. You are wearing gloves and wearing snow boots and all kinds of things. And that's because in that, in that area, in where you are coming from, it was okay to protect you. And suddenly you get to Kotoka and, up and come out of Kotoka looking like that. Imagine walking the streets of airport looking like that. Do you know people will think you are not okay? People will think this guy, well, is he okay? In this, in this hot weather. But it is because you made a decision based on a feeling. Systems have changed. Seasons have changed. And now the foolishness of that decision is showing because it was emotionally induced. When you're on fire, you don't make decisions because of how you feel. Some of us are here. We, we even decide to pray when we feel like praying. I don't feel... Are you serious? You think prayer is comfortable? You think prayer is convenient? You think prayer is fun? Anybody who has prayed seriously in his life knows that prayer is not convenient. It, it, it's not. It's not fun to sit at one place and say, one hour, I'm praying. Two hours, I'm praying. Are, are there other things you can do? It's not comfortable. And so you don't make those decisions because of how you feel. I feel like Ask somebody, what, what do you feel like today? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, may the fire of God be set ablaze on our inside. 
man and woman, they are in the house. They have been fighting and quarreling all the time. They are not seeing eye to eye. They don't understand what is happening. But these were people who used to have fun, used to go out on dates. They, everything used to be nice. What you don't realize is that you have allowed emotions to take over and not stir the fire of the Lord in the home. When was the last time you held your wife's hand, held your husband's hand, and said, we need to pray. We need to pray in the spirit. We need to deal with this issue. You are not praying, but you are always in your emotions. Why wouldn't you fight? Pastors have titles as pastor. They don't pray. Because every Sunday, somebody will come and give him seed. God bless you. I want to sow. He's happy. You are happy. One of the things I learned early in ministry is that people honor you on the basis of the level you are. Yesterday I was teaching somebody. I said, there are times you yourself know you don't have money. But everybody around you seems to think you must have money. Have you, have you been there before? And you are wondering, ah, what is happening? It's like, where from this one to? Everybody thinks you have, like you are, you are okay. But you, you know, you know, you know. It is an indication of your potential place in the spirit. But you are not dragging yourself there. But people don't know why they see you like that. But God has created that ambient, that aura around you that men can perceive that there is a certain level you must be able to walk into. So they, they don't know what they are doing, but they are pushing you to that dimension. Now, the, the challenge is this. If you follow what they say and go there when you are not ready for the place, you will die before your time. Pastor Michael says this to me all the time. He says, he doesn't understand why they are men of God. People hail them and celebrate them. He says, but you yourself, you know you don't carry anything. When you go home, how do you sleep? Like after they hail you and say, hey, you're, you're deep. Then you go, you know you don't carry anything, you know. The fire of God. The fire of God. How do you know? Number one. When a man, when a person is on fire, prayer becomes a lifestyle. Prayer becomes fundamental, not supplemental. You can never be too busy to pray. You can never be too comfortable to pray. You can never have no issues to pray. Otherwise, you see, what the enemy does is that he knows many of us here are doing what, what I call firefighting. We only enter a certain season of prayer when an, a big issue comes up. Suddenly we want to pray. When you know they give us some bad news, suddenly we are provoked to pray. When there's an issue, we want to pray. So the enemy knows that the only way to get you to pray is to let a very bad news hit you. So he will not let a very bad news hit you. He will just let bad news hit you. One bad news after, it will not be huge, but it will be one, little foxes. Within six months, you have not prayed and your prayer life is dying. And all you do is to drag yourself from home to church every day to listen to the word and drag yourself back home and feel empty. I'm not talking to pastors, I'm talking to everybody. Prayer must be part of 
It is the only sign. So you know yourself. If you are not praying, you are not on fire. You can't fool anybody, but you know. You know. If prayer is not part of what you do. The truth is, people who are prayerful, God speaks to them in strange ways. He just drops things in their spirit. He just opens their eyes. He just gives them dreams and visions and drops ideas into their spirit. And, and they just keep moving because they are working with God every day. They don't go and come based on the presence of issues. So God knew the source of the flame was prayer. So he told them to wait in the upper room and pray and pray and pray. And they waited for as long as it would, it would take. And that is why anything bad out of prayer can only be sustained by prayer. So if the fire comes as a consequence of prayer, you don't now receive the fire and roam about and do everything without praying. In fact, for those of us who have itinerant ministries, that today you are preaching here, tomorrow you are preaching there, everybody is hailing you. If you don't take time to come back and find some time to recharge, you will just keep going down and down until you are done. One of the things I prayed to God when I started, I said, God, everywhere I step my foot, may they desire to have me back again and again. Again and again. Because if you go and preach somewhere and they never invite you again, they have told you that you wasted their time. They are just communicating to you that you just came to waste everybody's time. You know, nobody's life was touched. There's no, there are no, there are no miracles. There are no testimonies. It's like even the word didn't bless anybody. You have wasted everybody's time. They can't tell you that, so they will just say thank you very much for coming. We are, we are blessed, and that's it. Prayer. When your life, the barometer for checking your your fire level is your prayer life. Your prayer life. I'm not talking about it's, it's, it's prayer war time and then you pray, you pray. I'm talking about you in your house alone. When there is no man there to impress. Whether you have the wisdom to see the value in prayer. I know people, when it's time for prayer in church, oh, come and see them. Higher, higher, higher. They have the rhythms and the, the rhythms and blues of prayer. When they go home, that's it. Nothing. But when they see people, they are, they are, it's like there's a provocation in their spirit to impress. Oh, no more. Hallelujah. So prayer is one of the key words. Listen, prayer engenders change. It brings change. It brings, the Bible says that and Jesus, when he climbed to the mountain of transfiguration, as he prayed, the fashion of his face began to change. As he prayed, not when he walked, not when he called them, not when he taught, as he prayed, as he prayed, as he prayed, there was a correlation or between the change that he was experiencing facially and the process of prayer that was he was engaged in. As he prayed, it brings about change. Some of you, the change you are looking for will only be bad as you pray. It brings change. Father, change my life. Change my story, you know. God, change. I know, I don't know. Any change that happens sporadically, just overnight, the likelihood of losing that change is very high. Any change that happens, that is why, in fact, they have done research to show that many of those people who win lottery, most of them die poor. 
most of them. They end up, where are we? Go and find out. Most of those who win lottery in life, most of them end up dying. See, because the systems of their life have not been set up to accommodate the sudden change, sudden financial change that has happened. So they don't have the ability to preserve and conserve it and even grow it. They don't. That is why God will also not suddenly drop on you an anointing he has not created a system around you to contain. The anointing will live as fast as a king. It's the reason why people will come to church and in the house of the Lord, whilst worship is going on, whilst preaching of the word is going on, they seem to be on fire for God. It's like the anointing is there. The moment we say the grace and we finish sharing the grace, you will be shocked how quickly they will change and transform and be transmogrified from the anointed vessels they were to become mere witches. I feel like preaching this morning. I feel like preaching. Change. It brings change. It also positions you to receive from God. Prayer. That you would ask anything in my name and I would do it. Pray. It positions you to receive from God. One of the most dangerous things in life is to be prayerless and still you know, flow in life as if everything is fine. When you are prayerless and, and everything is fine around you, or that you should be you should start crying. You don't lack anything, everything is cool, you don't pray, everything seems automatic. These are the ones who die automatic death in their life. Prayer positions you to receive from God. It said, ask and it shall be given. Ask it positions you in a place to be able to receive from God. It's not enough to desire. It's more important to engage God on, on the altar with his word so as to receive what, is, what he has. Because some of the most powerful testimonies are birthed on the altar of prayer. Some of the most powerful testimonies. I, I believe God for this. I engaged him. I prayed for it. And God came to me. It, it will show. It will reflect. Number three, through prayer, we are able to engage in warfare. And that is why you must pray. I've told you, the realm of the spirit has no respect for how educated you are. It has no respect for how fashionable you are. Nobody cares in the spirit. And so the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not money. It's not how you look. It's nothing carnal. It is, they are mighty through God. Mighty through God, you engage the altar of the Most High in prayer as a, a tool, as a, a, a means to, to, to engage in warfare. Tell it, life is not as simple as you are seeing it. All. There are dimensions, you see, there are people who are even behaving in a certain way, not because they want to, systems have been created to force them into that behavior. Have you not heard of all this nonsense people have been doing for girls and for boys? Have you heard of those things before? Some of you are sitting here, graduates, so those things don't work. In fact, I come forward with this one. Idea. 
But a man who is engaged with God on the altar of prayer in intercession knows that he's preserved by God. And they overcame him by the word of their, the blood of the lamb and the word of their test, the blood of the lamb. They engaged the blood. The blood that was shed long ago before they started engaging it, the blood is still speaking. Why? Because it speaks better things than that of Abel. The blood is efficacious. It speaks now. But it will not speak just because it has been shed. It will speak because you need to engage it in prayer. You think everybody is happy with your rising in life? You think everybody is happy with you? Oh, Mr. Soso and So's daughter. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. You are leg on now. Oh, okay. You are looking very. Wow. What are you studying? Oh, we are proud of you. Your head has become big. Inflated ego. You don't realize that it is possible for people to say one thing and mean something totally different. That the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know this? It is in your Bible. The heart of man is desperately wicked. So a person you laugh with and, and smile with could well be the same person undermining your progress in life. Until you engage in the altar, how would you know? How would you know? So through it, it is important. It helps you to walk on fire. It's one of the reasons, see, when you meet a person on fire and prayerful, they are not afraid. They are not afraid. Say, I will, uh, I will show you. You, you, you graduate for me to see. Then uh, get all manner of threats, and people are scared. Me, you are lying. Hey, you are lying. Go ask them. Three B one in percent. Lecturer look at me. Say, young man, you won't pass. This is a man even the headmaster is afraid of. He insults everybody, everybody, tell everybody his mind. When he enters the class, nobody can talk. Look at me and say, young man, you won't pass, you will fail. I looked at him back and I said, it's impossible, I will pass. Everybody is scared. Eat, you say, eat, keep quiet. There is fire on your inside, but you need to create a system that sustains the fire. One way for us to tell is through prayer. Have you not realized that there are many of you here, especially those who are done with university, that when you were in secondary school and university, you used to be very prayerful. Oh, can I get a witness in this place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every fellowship you are there. Every meeting you are there. Like very prayerful, like leading there. school here? After finishing school and coming home, do you know why? Nothing can be sustained without a system. It was easier for you to engage in prayer and serving God well on campus because the campus had a system. There's a time to do this, time to do that, and then there's a time we go and pray, and then there's a time we do this, and we are, you are with your friends. So that system that has been set and you are plugged into the system ensures that your life is on a certain level. When you come home, nobody is creating a system for you. Until you create that system yourself, you will just see things going and going down and going down. So number one, through prayer, your prayer life will tell us. Number two, your appetite for soul winning. Your appetite for soul winning. Your appetite for soul winning. 
क्या पिता है The pages of scripture will teach you that God's heartbeat is to win souls. His heartbeat. And if you are in alignment with God and with his will, then you will be in alignment with his with his heartbeat also. Anything you are crazy about, you just can't stop talking about. Have you met those men who Manchester United is showing pepe but they still can't stop they are, they are so much in love with the team have you seen those people oh can i get a witness in this place or chelsea like they are in love with the team they, they, they say, oh, i'll support the team again they are lying when chelsea's played they'll go and sit there and watch arsenal somebody said arsenal is like a series it's like a tv series because they are always waiting for next season. What are you talking about? <laughs> but when you are passionate about something, you always want to talk about it. You always have to find a way to include it in your conversations. You, it will be a subject matter in your engagement. And so when you are in alignment with God, your heart is with him, you are passionate about the kingdom, you will always be looking for a way. I remember those days in university, a friend of mine and I, when we finished lectures, around in the evening, you find us around circle. There's a certain place at circle where they, it was known to be a habitat for um, prostitutes. My friend and I would go and say, sit down, I want to talk to you. It's that people older than me when I was investing, be talking to them about the word of God. It's like, hey. We were consumed by something. Are you with me now? Yeah. You will see, there will be a sense that no, somebody needs to hear. The problem is that, you see, fire is, is consumed, like I taught you. So if something is around, that is not in alignment, fire can just consume. So when the fire is brewing on your inside, and there's somebody around you, the fire can just consume that thing. So the, one of the things that shows that there is no fire is that you are not consuming anything. People are even here, suffer. They even have to hide the fact that they come to church. They even have to hide the fact that they are choristers. Maybe not here, somewhere. You have to hide the fact that they do this for God. You see, because there is a level of inconsistency between what they do for God in his house and how they live their lives out there. So they can't let their friends even know that this is what I do in church because they are so cold that they, 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 their lives are not in tandem. There will be an innate drive on your inside to see soul saved. Every time, the Bible says, Jesus will see somebody and the person is, is, is sick and, and he, the Bible will record that and Jesus was moved with compassion. He didn't heal people just because he had the power to heal. He healed them more because he was moved with compassion. It is one of the things that actually enables the gifting on the inside to receive physical expression. Because when you are moved with compassion onto, you know, for people, it helps the gift to receive full expression. 
When somebody's sick and you're praying for the person and you feel their pain, it heightens even your faith in the spirit for the person. If you take a certain nonchalant disposition, you really don't care, it will reflect. From January, November, the year is about to end. Who have you spoken to about church crowd before? You will share all the nonsense memes in this world. Nonsense, funny, what do you call skits and things and laughs. You can't bring yourself to share one message to somebody that might be a blessing to them. That might open their eyes. That might settle something they have been believing the Lord for. You can't do it because it's inconsistent with how you have packaged yourself in the world. It will undermine your brand. Snake cream brand. Your eyes have opened brand. Not every eye opening is a good thing for you. The Bible says that Adam and Eve, after they had eaten the fruit, their eyes were opened. Was it good for them? Number three. It will show in your giving. It will show in your giving. It will reflect. The Bible says, and where a man's treasure is, there his heart also is. Where a man's treasure. Your, 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 your wealth or your money and your heart will always converge at the same place. Your heart can never be somewhere for your, for your money to be somewhere else. So you can say with your mouth however loudly you want to you know, reverberate it. But the truth is that there will always be a convergence of where your heart is and where your money is. And that is why the Bible was saying Acts that after that they had, you know, the church began and they, they, they began to have meetings, people would now go and sell lands and houses and come and drop it in church. It's like, hey, what is going on here? Mind you, they had already suspected them of being charlatans. They had suspected them of being of perpetuating a false doctrine. So imagine being in a community where there is that perception about these new people who have started and then people will go and sell their houses and bring it. They will call you a fool. They will call you this guy. They've, they've done something to him. But the truth is that they were on fire for God so they needed their hearts to be in alignment with where their treasure was. When somebody is truly on fire, you don't need to convince them to give to God. You, you don't need to. You don't have to. They know the value in giving to their God. They understand who their God is to them. They know what God represents in their life. You don't have to come and play tricks and play games. And you know, I saw in the spirit 14 um, horses. Fought. Seven of them were white. Seven of them were black. And I saw that the white horses are now consuming the black horses. So now they have become seven fatter horses. And God said, I need seven people who will come and give a seed of 10,000. Each of you will sit on the horse. And because the heart has now become fast, it will run faster in life to take you. When they tell you the story, and you run, hey, I want to be part of the seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your love for God is what fuels you are giving to him. So the Bible will tell you, God loves a cheerful giver, not a fearful giver. In this kingdom, anything you do out of fear, God rejects it. 
Because God must accept you first before he accepts your offering. And the Bible says in Genesis 4 that unto Abel and his offering. The Bible, the Bible says God had respect unto Abel and unto his offering. And it says for Cain, God did not have respect unto Cain and unto his offering. God will not accept an offering and ignore you. He must first accept you and then accept the offering that you are bringing. So if you are motivated out of fear or compulsion or necessity to appear and to give, what has happened is that we have taken the money but nothing will change in your life. Oh, I feel like I'm dialing some people's numbers. Are, are you with me now? Yeah. You need to have this understanding. Nobody has to compel you. Nobody has to tell you stories. No, no, no. no. When a person is on fire, Oh my, I know a season is coming in this fiery generation of PVC Grace Temple. That when we come and say, we want to do this, we want to buy a bus to bus people to church, people will rise up and come and say, Man of God, how many buses do you need? Amen. That will have people the Lord will have raised in this place. That when we want to do something, we don't even have to come and announce to everybody and give pressure to people who just rise up and say, This is my assignment in this place as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. Where your heart is, is one of the reasons why when certain men's hearts are broken, they can't sleep. Even certain women, they can't sleep. Because they have, they have invested in the place. So their heart is in that place. So the moment you disconnect their heart from their treasure, they will lead to breaking heart. So what you say? And then the broken heart in that moment. Oh, with your fitness, uh, like on your level, on your level, she said, Me call you gone. No, 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 me doing yes, I'll spare pass a human on there. Then your heart, because there, there, there wants to be a dissociation of your heart from your wealth, from your, from your treasure. It will show. So if, if you look at your finances and see where you spend most of your money, beloved, that's where your heart is. I, I just showed you where your heart is. And if you put your heart where, listen carefully, where the enemy can attack, you are in trouble. If you put your heart where God keeps it and preserves it, who is he that can, can, that can contend with God? That's number three. Eh? We don't have time. Number four. It will be evidenced by who you roll with and where you go. Who you roll with and where you go. If you're on fire for God. When you're on fire, you can't, you, you can't, you, you can't just go to every place. And physically, when you are on fire, it is not every place you can go. Because the fire will not permit your feet to drag you places you have no business being. I remember years ago, when I was in secondary school, part of the SRC, Students' Representative Council, and we're having a delegate conference in Accra, at Accra Academy. After days, and it was, it was one week, so after days of having these um, delegates conference, the last day, it was a Saturday or so, was supposed to be a dinner. 
They were supposed to go and have dinner and dinner and dinner. I was sitting in the dinner. I was sick. That's where I learned my lesson. That for me, it's not everywhere I can go. I, 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 I became physically sick till I left the place. Was awful. And I, was, I went to lie on my bed alone. And I was okay. And the rest of them were just having fun and dancing and chilling and... From that day, I, the lesson registered in my spirit. You, you can't go everywhere. You can't be everywhere. I, say, I felt physically sick. When you carry fire, you can't just go everywhere. Nightclub, you are there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't go and do anything. How can you even say this? I, did, I didn't go and do anything at the nightclub. Now, Let's take it apart, piece by piece. You didn't go and do anything, and yet you went. To not go and do anything. Why? It's all saying. Oh, you are, you are electoral commissioner, observer. You went to observe. You, you see, there are places you cannot go because there are things your eyes can't see. There are things your ears cannot hear. I've taught you that for me, one of the things I can't watch is horror movies. I've never watched them. I can never watch them. It's part and parcel of what my covenant with God. I cannot. Listen, no, I didn't say it's a sin. No. I didn't say don't watch. You can't be free. But for me, that is what the gag, you know, God rails, God has played on. And snake will come out of somebody's eye. And somebody's like a zombie. And they will throw an axe to enter somebody's. <laughs> because you see, there's a thin line in the, in the realm of the spirit and for the prophetic ministry between what is God showing you and what is your mind, what's the product of what you have fed your mind. Are you understanding me? There's a thin line between what God is actually showing you and what are products of what you have fed your mind. So I'm very intentional about what I am feeding my mind. So as to walk that tightrope well. So when a person is off, you can't just go, they are going and say, there's a drink up here. Drink up. You are dressed like one of those people. And you are there. You are showing body. See, there are people who, no matter how much you teach them about, about the realities of the kingdom, they don't care. They still want to live their life anyhow. You know? Yeah. yeah no matter. You can say whatever you want. You can preach. You can, you can open revelations and teach them things. They still don't care. The thing that will let them care in life is coming. Yeah. The thing that will let them care, begin to care, it is coming. Because whatever you receive as harvest is a product of seeds you have sown. I wrote it on my Facebook page. I said, I said the Bible said, um, you reap what you sow, not where you sow. So as for what you have sown, you will reap it all. It may not necessarily be the same place you sowed it, but it is waiting for you, lad. 
It, it is waiting for you. It, it, it will show if you are on fire. You see, the Bible says, iron sharpened iron. And so every iron in its desire and quest to be sharpened is always looking for another iron to sharpen it. So when you meet a person who is working in the midst of certain people, it gives you a clue what they carry on their inside. It tells you whether or not they are on fire for God. Because people who are on fire for God will always stay around others who are on fire for God. All your friends are all over the place. All your friends are liars. All your friends are drunkards. So, I am an occasional drinker. Me, I'm occasional. All your friends are womanizers. They will come and show you the picture of the lady and you start doing body analysis. Oh, any Sakawaji. Yeah, when you're on fire, there are places you can go. Even there, there, are some, there are some churches you can't step for there. Because our spirit bears witness with the spirit that we are the sons of God. We are the There's, There has to be a communion between what is happening in the place and your spirit. That testifies that indeed it is one same God that sponsors you that is sponsoring them. There are people who invite me and no matter what they do, I'll never go. They will speak all the English though. You want you to come, we want to honor you, me. What am I doing with your honor? What, what exactly? I was telling somebody yesterday, I said, listen, when people tell you, you are doing well. When people tell you you are doing well and they are clapping for you. Take a, take a moment and look at the people telling you you are doing well. And ask yourself, compared to what? Compared to what? Say, hey, you are anointed. You, you know, you know. You are anointed. You are all dead. Compared to what? The level of honor people will bring to you will be in correlation with the grace that is upon your life. If you meet a pastor there, people only give him one CD. You shouldn't be angry. You should grow in the spirit. The grace on his life only calls for one CD offering. Instead of you to be angry, you should search for God deeper. Are you with me now? Well, I can tell you many stories. There are places I'm going to preach. One of my mentors, I went to preach for him. A woman came to kneel down, brought all the money in her bag. Tied it in a rubber bag. All the money. Where's Freddy? Freddy, where there? Tied the money. Said, God said, I should give everything to you. I took it, prayed for her, and I gave it to the pastor. Okay? It is yours. You are the one feeding these people. What did she, uh, did she see that provoked this level of honor? Are you with me now? In your business, in your business, you, you are not able to attract a certain level of clientele because of the where you are operating. Have you not realized that people can go somewhere, they can give them something, and suddenly people start patronizing them? What has happened is that their frequency in the spirit has been adjusted. 
So now, the people have to take notice of them. People have to recognize them. You may not agree with the source of that recognition, but it is just teaching you a spiritual truth that the same way you can buy attention in the spirit from the realm of darkness, God can cause attention to hit you. People cannot ignore you anymore. How have you worked in the same office all these years and nobody has noticed you? They will meet you and say, ah, do you work here? How? Do you work here, saying? Something in you needs to be changed. Another dimension needs to visit you in the spirit so that they can't take their eyes off you. I've taught you, promotion is not only given to people who are hardworking. The Bible says, promotion does not come from the north, south, promotion is of the Lord. And if it is of the Lord, it means God can use any criteria to promote anybody. So when a person is on fire, where you go will show, it will tell us. Unam hotel sakesie. And yes, it could be about movie house. Ah, yeah, you should move your home. Don't say we show. Hey, did the apostle see me? <laughs> when you're on fire it will show sir it will show where you go who you roll with it will show the man's pot belly is like Lake Bosomchi you say, you say he's, he's my sponsor once you acknowledge him as sponsor you have, you have declared that God shouldn't sponsor you anymore you have kicked God out of the equation. I have seen too much of God in my walk to take things for granted. Too much of God to take things for granted. Too much of his goodness. See, there is no other life beyond this life. A life on fire, a life in the spirit. It is a life of joy, a life of peace. When everybody is complaining and that the, the storm is coming and, and the, 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 the boat is about to capsize, you will be like Jesus sleeping. Because you are at peace. Knowing that fire that, that consumes cannot be consumed from outside. <laughs> it's the fire's job to do the consuming. Are you with me? Yeah. It will show. The people you roll with, your, your, your bestie. Bestie. Look, you, you look at your bestie's face. Bestie that doesn't honor God. Doesn't care about God. Doesn't value the things of God. Say, this is my bestie. Yeah, yeah. Why are you? It will show. Say, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And I knew Bible. The people you 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 know congregate with, it will show in your life. This week, invitations and appointments you have. Because you have prayed, God, protect me. 
God has released angelic protection for you. You are walking with protection. And then you go to a place, the angels can't follow you. You have to say, God, here we can't go. You are exposed there and then. You are on your own. A fiery generation is erupting out of here. I said a fiery generation is erupting out of this place. People who will not name the name of Christ in vain. People who will not just walk as though they, are, they, are, they, are, they walk in the fullness of carnality. But people who walk with a burden on their hearts to see generations yet unborn serve the living God. They will walk and be ambassadors and examples unto generations yet unborn. Walk with the fire of God. Listen, the enemy knows who to touch and who to leave. The enemy knows. Knows some people. Yeah, this one we don't touch it. One of my sons came and said, oh, uh, this visa thing I'm doing, um, they have blacklisted me again, again, again. I said, God said, go, they will give it to you. He said, that door is open, go. Nobody black. I said, God said, go. So he went, was waiting, waiting, waiting. The, the time car has passed. So for the time for the school has passed. I said, okay, it's like they are, they are not giving to me. So you let me withdraw the application and then um, start again. So he came to see me on Sunday. Said, so I withdrawn. I said, ah, you should have told me before withdrawing that application. Because I know what I heard, I know what I saw. I said, well, if you have withdrawn it, you go and bring it. And then let's start again. When he went to pick their passport, they had given him the visa. When he went to go and withdraw, Bronina on pan on peso de bema dada. Now wow say me withdraw. Ah, there man, I bet you are here. When the person is on fire, he knows there's an inner witness that confirms things that God tells you. You see, that's why it's more important to be on fire so that when God gives you an assurance, you hold on to the word of God. You hold on to that assurance. Nothing moves you because God has already confirmed it for you in your spirit. Some of you cannot die before your time. Because there's an assurance. I said, you cannot die before your time. Somebody was telling me the other day, I said, I'm, I'm afraid that I might never give birth in life. So how can you walk in life with that, a level of fear like this on your shoulder? So we need to do something about that fear. Please rise to your feet. Rise to your feet. Can we pray this morning? If you need to leave your seat, leave your seat. What, if you need a more comfortable place, the whole of this place is here. We are praying in the next few minutes. Let the fire of the Lord be set ablaze in our lives one more time. May God revive something in our spirits that we will not be the same, we will not be ordinary, that our lives will be working the evidence of his fire resting upon us, that we will work in the evidence of the baptism of fire that we have received. Lift up your voice, begin to pray right now. You are not living here the same. May God stir up something inside of you. Shadagado zabragadiapatas. Ragado zabragatas. Shut up.
for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.